uh, this is David Harris from Manitou. As you guys know, Manitou is a data privacy platform that lets smart brands build advantage by working with their customers instead of against them. Uh, this is our third uh, web uh, podcast, and we're very, very excited to have Richard Cooley uh, join us. Uh, so Richard, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Thanks, David. I really appreciate being asked to come on this uh, podcast. Yeah, so I'm a partner at Odgers Bernstein, which is the seventh largest global executive search firm. And I work at the intersection of the professional services and the technology services spaces. And I guess my entree into the world of data privacy came through a significant amount of search work that I did for in the regulatory risk and compliance consulting sectors, which then led to request by a boutique compliance consulting firm to recruit a head of US data privacy for them. And that then made me realize fairly quickly what a, uh, an evolving and high profile world it was, not least with the evolution of the GDPR and CCPA. And that really cemented my interest in building much more of a, a personal franchise in this space. So when did you... Um, about like three years ago was my, about three, three and a half years ago was the first time I got involved properly within the, uh, within the privacy world. And, and do you see that space growing? Yeah, and I've written a number of sort of thought leadership articles on this. And I think the, for me, I mean, the biggest issue here is um, the importance of seeing data as an asset and the value of leveraging data while still protecting the interests of the consumer. And in that regard, the thought leadership work I've done in that space has, has really highlighted the evolution and prominence of a chief data officer and the chief privacy officer roles in modern day organizations. So you know, I, I've been in the space, I would say, for maybe three or four years. And, you know, and, and when I started, I didn't really come across people with the title of, you know, chief privacy officer, for example, right? I mean, I remember in the earliest days, right? Maybe there were chief data officers, um, but no one really kind of thinking about, you know, privacy, privacy ethics, how they were using the data. Are you seeing that? Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. And I think, I mean, just going back, it's, you know, there has obviously been a number of high profile data breach, data breaches, uh, in the world today, but also one only has to look at the, the Facebook Cambridge analytical scandal to see the importance, again, when combined with GDPR and the CCPA, the importance of, of now of a modern day chief data officer and how the role has evolved accordingly. And in particular, um, how chief data officers are now expected to take uh, a truly holistic view encompassing data use, but it's really the amount of data, it's, it's really in response to the astoundingly high amounts of data that are produced through social media and financial uh, transactions, that really you get to the most overriding issue uh, affecting chief data officers and chief privacy officers relating to data governance, data management and, and privacy. And in particular, it's the theme of how should uh, organizations collect and analyze data, or put it another way, how should they monetize data that is now the most uh, high profile and prevalent issue uh, in this sector. Yeah, and that's interesting. So to your thought leadership piece that you worked on, 
right? Tell us a little more that, about that. Because of the, the uh, astoundingly large amounts of data produced through social media and through financial transactions, I think the most overriding issue within the whole uh, sphere of data governance and data management and, and privacy is how organizations should collect and analyze data, or to put it another way, how they should monetize data. And in that respect, uh, chief data officers not only now have to determine how a consumer's information can be used to a particular business's advantages, i.e. monetized, but at the same time make sure that they don't fail in their duty of care to use data fairly and in the best interest of the consumer. So it's effectively, it's a juggling act here. It's a trade-off. And in that respect, the, the chief data officer and chief privacy officer are now expected to be a, a really a hybrid individual by a mixture of both commercial, business savvy, but at the same time, highly technical in terms of the, uh, the introduction of technology and as it relates to the evolution of the data privacy world. Is there a difference between a data privacy officer and chief data officer. As part of a presentation I did recently for a, a round table, a chief privacy officer round table event, I actually highlighted in diagrammatic form the, the overlap of the chief data officer role and the chief privacy officer role. And effectively, this is becoming a hybrid role. So, you know, over the last couple of years, clearly the role of a chief data officer has increased in importance. Right. Are you seeing organizations now start saying, okay, I have a chief data officer, right? And that guy's job is significantly to you know, marshal the data that the organization has and monetize it. Um, are you now seeing organizations think about, okay, I need a chief privacy officer in addition to the chief data officer? No, I think the role is broadly being combined. I think it differs from organization to organization here, fundamentally. Um, so some organizations are keeping the roles distinct, um, but because of the commercial emphasis, increasingly commercial emphasis of the chief data officer role, they are potentially looking to elevate the importance of that role. And therefore the CPO role, the chief privacy officer role potentially becomes a, a subset or a splinter of that CDO role. Where do you see uh, the CDO fitting in the organization? Is it on the technology side that they're reporting up um, on the business side? Yeah, it's a good question. It really depends on the nature of the organization. Some increasingly there is a tendency and a preference for the CDO to report to the individual business leader versus, for example, the chief risk officer. Now, in some respects, in some cases, I've seen that the chief data officer reporting to a CFO, but that's, uh, that's somewhat, somewhat unusual, therefore. Mm -hmm. I think going forward, the key factor here is the importance and the role and the value that the chief data officer has just in terms of data, uh, sorry, in terms of technology and transforming that, uh, that technology. Um, and in that regard, um, the, the CDO has to operate as a bridge, as a potential bridge between, you know, multiple stakeholders. That is a hard job. Speaking of, speaking of, 
speaking again from past experience, right? Trying to bridge between technology and business um, is a is a hard one. Um, do do you see the like the chief data officers having like their own PNL? Uh, good question. No, not necessarily here. I think it's going to it's going to depend. I think it's going to depend a lot on how to what extent. Uh, that this monetization of data point, they uh, that becomes even more of a priority. Yeah, interesting. And and um, do you so so we've kind of sussed out a little bit that the you know chief data officer is you know really focused on the monetization, you know the control of the data. How do you see the like the risk, the compliance, the audit function, like interfacing with the Chief Data Officer. Yeah, very much, again, going back to my Venn diagram illustration, it's going to be very much uh, a, a significant overlap, therefore. And what you've got increasingly is the role of the Chief Data Officer and the Chief Privacy Officer overlapping with the legal function, with the risk function, and also the, the technology function. So again, it's this inter interwined overlapping uh, wheels within wheels, as it were. And then there's a layer kind of on top of that, you've got the, um, the data ethics aspect as well, which is increasingly, and data conduct, increasingly high profile and um, uh, importance. And you're recruiting, right? So do you represent the companies or do you represent individuals or do you represent- No, them? I represent the companies. We work on a retained mandate basis. Okay, and so um, what do companies complain the most about? when it comes to professionals in this space? Um, like, where do you see the failures, right? Because like, you know, being a lawyer, I always focus on the breakup, right? So, you know, what, what causes a uh, poor fit between, you know, the organization and the, you know, um, Yeah, I think primarily it's, I mean, so far it's, it's, uh, an individual not necessarily being able to take a, a more holistic view. They tend to get sort of mired in the detail and they don't take this, uh, this more holistic view of the, the longer term you know, impact and the value of privacy. And the other aspect here is they're not technically savvy enough. So I'm looking for, I guess, like the pressure point for these individuals. So when you, when you place a person, um, you know, generally what are their first mandates? Yeah, so the first mandate is often just to either in, uh, introduce, uh, install a strategic privacy program. Now, if that's been done, as has happened in many cases, the next step would then be to evaluate that and to enhance it and to evolve it, uh, not least in terms of the, uh, the requirements of ongoing requirements of, say, GDPR, Consumer Protection Act, but also to ready it, I think, for the introduction of uh, new legislation, which looks like it's um, it's happening in the states next year. So, in terms of like skill sets that you're looking for, right, right now, right, what what skill sets matter the most? And then, as a follow-on, you know, what skill sets do you see developing over the next two or three years uh, that will add value in this space? Yeah, so I think, I mean, first and foremost, the uh, digitization, they understand data transformation and the, and the uh, increasing requirement for an individual to have um, strong 
uh, innovation, strong digitization, digital transformation skills, therefore. The ability to act as a bridge, as I alluded to earlier, between multiple sort of technical uh, and business stakeholders and leaders. And that really means, you know, high level of communication skills and business acumen. Um, and that's, that refl that's reflected in the need to translate uh, the impact of information architecture on business outcomes. And then I think, I mean, as importantly, the human touch, they've got to understand the, the importance of the consumer and the, the, uh, the relevant consumer's interest that they're, they're protecting within the organization, because after all, the, the consumer owns the data. So it's that, uh, those are the combination of, of, if you like, criteria that are increasingly important. Yeah, no, look, I find it interesting, right? Because at least when I first started, right, I found that the data officers were very heavy on the technology side, right? That they were really just trying to look for improvements in, you know, data architecture, data processing, right, data storage. Um, and then over the last couple of years, you really start to see this, this movement towards, um, Again, you pointed it out, you know, monetization. So now there's kind of a business element to it, right? And I find that the technology guys understand the technology, but the translation into the business side is hard. And then you overlay, as you articulated, I think quite well, right? That there is a strategic element, you know, to what people are doing, right? There's a long-term business element, brand uh, protection, right? And that is a... Um, amorphous uh, space um, that you know that that you know can cause like true damage, but also create true brand value. So so going forward, we're in a crazy time, obviously, right? With COVID nineteen. So how how is COVID nineteen like changing the game? Yeah. So I think in general, as an overview and observation, privacy leaders across disciplines and across the world have generally agreed that the, the data protection laws and the uh, privacy programs have actually tackled, um, have dealt with the, the have dealt with the, um, have dealt well with the, the numerous data protection challenges that have been thrown up by, uh, by COVID-19. I do think there's been a divergence in opinion though, uh, within the privacy world um, as to what, COVID, what the impact of COVID-19 has had and is likely to have going forward. So I think on the one side, you have the, um, the privacy professionals on the ground, i.e. the individuals, CDOs, CPOs, others working inside uh, specific corporations, individual organizations, who are obviously being focused on the day-to-day -day, uh, privacy implications of individuals moving to a work-from-home model fundamentally, and the, the data privacy implications of, for example, you know, continuing Zoom calls and all sorts of remote communication. And then that can be set against the, um, what I would call the group of uh, regulators who tend to naturally look at a bigger picture and increasingly their views are around surveillance and the increasing use of surveillance. Um, by government and commercial organizations as their uh, as more of an overriding priority versus the more day-to-day -day implications of um, working from home. So whatever happens, 
importance. Having said that, in, in summary, it, it's clear that the, the pandemic has expedited the need for a comprehensive privacy, a comprehensive privacy legislation to be introduced in order to help companies navigate uh, issues such as escalating risk management, data mining, and de-identification de and vendor engagement. In terms of legislation, right, if you were a betting man, right, what do you think? Do you think the U.S. will have a federal uh, privacy law? Yes, without question. Um, any uh, guess on timing? No, again, a lot, a lot in the mix here, but I think it will be introduced and implemented before the end of next year, before the end of 2021. So Richard, look, thank you for taking the time uh, to join me today. Uh, I find that you know, the space that you're in of recruiting for the people who are the boots on the ground in these organizations, um, very insightful, right? Because I feel like you see the trends of what companies need. Um, and then how they fill those resources. So um, we appreciate working with you. We appreciate you being on this, this podcast with us. Um, happy holidays. And the same to you. Thanks very much for the invite, David. All the best. Uh, goodbye now. Uh, goodbye.